I don't. We don't need to have nonsense. We can just get into it. Yeah, let's just do it. All right. Yeah, no nonsense here. Welcome to the <laughs> Learning to Talk podcast, <laughs> oh. featuring Matt, Cameron, and Zachary. Are you a Zacharia, or are you a Zachary? <laughs> just a Zachary. That's uh, not cool. Mm. My name is Matthew. Like that's one of the worst. It's just such a bleh name. Mm. Just uh, Matthew. My name's Matthew. <laughs> I mean, what do you want? <laughs> like, I want my name to be like Axel. <laughs> I mean, he was just one of the twelve apostles. The apostles weren't that great. I like, question that as it came. Yeah, out of I don't mouth. know. Like, is that heretical? I don't. I don't know. He was an apostle, though, right? Yeah. He... Yeah. <laughs> Let's qu- restart this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I question that as it came out of my mouth. <laughs> I, I still, I know there's some weird thing with apostles and disciples, and I still don't. Disciple, really okay. I just know when pastors call themselves apostles, you should like question them. So, <laughs> but other than that, I don't so really know the rest of it. Let me break it down for you, camera okay. guy Cam. <laughs> disciple can be used of anybody and should be used of anybody who follows Jesus. Right. A disciple is someone who learns from a master. And so they were his 12 disciples. They followed him around. Once he died and rose and ascended, he uh, sent them and he called them apostles. Now the word apostle in Greek just means like sent one, the one who is sent. But it is a specific designation that we should hold dear to the to the eleven, I guess twelve, because they added one, and then also Paul, um, as having a specific designation of having seen the risen Jesus, been commissioned by him to do the work of ministry, and they were the ones who were first handed down um, the great commission and the gospel as eyewitnesses of his life and ministry and death and resurrection. So if someone says today that they're an apostle, yes, we should, I think, quest, like come with high suspicion to that because it is a sacred designation, I, I believe. But also, there's sort of like people use the word apostle today referring to having kind of an entrepreneurial way about their ministry and, you know, things like that. So I don't know. I'm pretty, I'm pretty traditional with that. Interesting. Yeah. So I would, uh, I would urge caution in using the word apostle. Agreed. Outside of, outside of the 12. Mm. Uh, let's restart. I don't think we should. <laughs> you don't think so? No, because that was like the most us intro we've had so far. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think we just keep rolling. We nailed it guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think we should just keep going. Is that okay? Yeah. Is everybody else? Uh, yeah, okay sure. Yeah. Uh, you were the only weird one in that. So it's really up to you, but I think we're I mean, good. that's usually how it is. Um, I am the only weird one. Sometimes I don't even understand how my brain works, but that's let's not get into the, get into the inner workings of. No, that's a podcast. My brain, oh, that's a that's a therapy session. No, what I've always found interesting is there are people who have podcasts where they they're the only ones there and they just like talk, and there's some of the like people love those things where people just talk just about what they're thinking about. Unlike us, yeah, we talk at each other, yeah, and to each other, and we listen. Actively, active listening. Mm. It's uh, it's good. Okay, 
what are we talking about today, Matt? <laughs> well, today, friends, we are talking about uh, the negative aspects of how... Let me rephrase that. We're talking about COVID negatives, not testing negatively, which is a good thing, but the negative effect we've seen or the negative things we've experienced in the COVID land life of the last year plus almost two years, which is nuts to me. Yeah, Absolutely nuts. Um, and so last time we talked about some of the positive things that we experienced uh, during COVID family and some ministry stuff and uh, things like that. Uh, if you tuned into our last episode, if you haven't go back and listen, uh, I thought it was a really good conversation and just kind of gives us perspective. I think it's always good to have that perspective regular life, but especially in COVID world of, you know what? Not everything is the worst. Right. But today everything's the worst because we're talking about <laughs> COVID negatives. We're the, just going to complain for the next hour. <laughs> it's what we do best. Uh, the negative things that we've experienced because of COVID, it could be. Uh, and again, we're not how to people. We're not here trying to like look at the church and diagnose ministry and say, oh, all these effects COVID's had on the church and ministry. No, we're talking very personally about our lives and what we've experienced. Uh, the negative things that have come because of the last year and a half and, and what we've been through as a world, as a culture and as individuals. So this is very much personal, personal stories and personal experiences we've had. And we do that because we want you, we hope that some of you listening, watching will be able to relate and hopefully also um, catch the vision that it's okay to talk vulnerably about our experiences and what we've gone through and how, what the, the effects that's had. Absolutely. Like I it just anecdotally thinking back to the beginning of COVID, I remember saying a lot and hearing a lot to whether it's our church people, fellow pastors or others, like we have such opportunity, 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 and trying to look very bright side at this whole thing. But man, there's been like a lot of really not bright side stuff that's happened. And I want to, I want to talk through that. So we're going to, we're going to just each express a couple of those things that we've experienced in our lives that are negative. Again, we haven't shared them with each other to this point. This is fresh. So we're kind of, kind of react and have a conversation together uh, as we process what we're saying and how each of our individual experiences is reflected in the others here around the table. So um, thanks Zach for, for framing that. And uh, let's just let's just get at it. So, Cam, let's start with you. What's um, tell us one of the negative ways COVID has one of the negative effects of COVID, the COVID negatives. The number one thing, maybe not the number one thing that comes to mind, but after COVID started, the town came after my dirt bike track. <laughs> like people were coming to use it, or no. so I. Us. Everybody was in at home. This was spring. Right. And also I remember that spring very differently than you do <laughs> in the last podcast. You said, Oh, like April is rainy and cold. Still. It was the driest. My track has ever been that early in, in the year. And all my buddies, like we rented some equipment, rebuilt a couple jumps, all this stuff. And we were riding like two or three times a week, probably. Cause we didn't have jobs to go to. Like my buddies didn't have jobs to go to, um, all this stuff. And people were home. And people wanted to complain about something. So they, people, there was a, there's a neighborhood about two miles from my dirt bike track. And uh, supposedly, supposedly 
uh, there were noise complaints coming out of there because everyone was at home, didn't have anything to do, and they could hear us having a blast while they were all sad and scared of COVID. Um, so your dirt bike track... Your <laughs> I'm dirt- a little bitter about it still, <laughs> in case you couldn't tell. So your di- dirt bike track cam is in your front yard. Yeah. And it's yard. very big. Uh, it used to be bigger <laughs> before they made me tear it down. <laughs> let me let me let me preface this. Yeah. So how did this happen? We've had a dirt bike track in my yard that I've ridden for twelve years. That's twelve years. That is one dozen years. Twelve years, never, never a peep out of anybody. Nobody ever cared. My neighbors that are all of my budding neighbors love it. They either ride dirt bikes. Our neighbors over here set up chairs and watch like. My abutting neighbors love it. And then you got this little community two miles away. Also, like, we're well within noise ordinance, the whole deal. Like, they just started complaining. And the town was like, you got to flatten your dirt bike track. So I made it flatter. (laughs) Flatter as in less jumps? Here was the issue. They couldn't. The issue was they came after us at noise. We were within noise ordinance. So they couldn't come after us with noise. So what they came after us was like, there's a ravine that runs through it and we were jumping over it to get to like the other side of the track. And that's classified as wetlands and wetlands is you can't touch 50 it or 50 feet on either side of it, which wiped out the entire track. And this is on personal property. Yeah. So they came after us for noise, realized that wouldn't do anything. So then they dug in the files of our property and then came after us for that. So I, wetlands are protected by the EPA. And- yeah, it was a whole thing. Yeah. And what was actually really funny, totally unrelated, but the, the town person was like, you can't do this, can't do this, blah, blah, blah. We talked to the wetlands person of Vermont, and they were like, you can ride all over it. You just can't move the dirt. Right. So the issue was that we had a jump going over it. So it was like this whole thing is like, yeah, ride all over your property. Make as much noise as you want. You just can't, and you can ride in the wetlands. This is the part that doesn't make any sense to me. You could ride straight through it, mess it all up. Doesn't matter. You just can't move it. Yeah. I was like, that is the stupidest thing I've ever so heard. So you've got a <laughs> jump that you move dirt to in the wetlands yeah. region, and then they made you move the dirt that was there out of it because you're not supposed to move the dirt. Right. It would have been a really big issue too if we like brought dirt in, but we didn't. We just shaped it differently. So, But it was enough. 50 feet of either side was enough of the track where the whole track just had to go away. So I, uh, yeah, that sucks. Oh, it just sucked. <laughs> it just sucked, especially in COVID. Like w- we were having so much fun because we had so much free time and we were just like, oh, it was, it was oh gosh, that sucked. <laughs> so we immediately rebuilt a new one higher away from the, <laughs> away from the, you know. The yeah. Fun. And now I'm sure people are still upset about it, but I don't care. So Go get a job. So current track to former track, do they compare? Oh gosh, no. I didn't. It was one of those things. We didn't know what we had, dude. It was. Oh, it was so good. We had an 80 foot tabletop in one spot. All this stuff, and like the the thing is, it was built 12 years ago. We had somebody come in and build it for us. All this stuff, and now I just don't have the equipment to do it. Not to mention the place where we moved is way rockier <laughs> like the dirt oh it's such a bummer anyway that's all so that was that was sucky cam loves dirt bikes if oh, you can't tell gosh i love dirt bikes i love dirt bikes and they crushed my dreams right at the beginning of covid <laughs> couldn't believe it but it's actually like it's it's killed me a little bit because i'm like constantly paranoid 
about people around me. And I'd never had that before. And I just like, I, I remember like people all the time would stop at the side of the road and watch us ride. Like this was very normal. People would stop and take videos. I'd see videos on Facebook of me, of people like, oh, my kids like loved watch, like all this stuff. It was so cool. And now I think everybody's the enemy when they do that. And I like pull off and go hide because I'm like, somebody's just going to call or whatever. But yeah, so stupid. Well, you live in uh, an area of many a gray hair. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> many a. Uh, Snowmobiles are fine, though. Well, yeah. The I snowmobile mean, trail goes right through that neighborhood. Nobody cares. Yeah. Well, just, I'm sure they just care. Just me two miles away. That's I'm sure the they issue. care, but don't know who to blame for it. Whatever. Whatever. Sorry, bud. That's a pretty yeah. big negative. That's yep. lame. Yep. Yeah. Super bummed. That was the first thing that happened. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, uh, I know for myself with uh, negative aspects, and this is a, a another kind of frivolous thing, but I wanted to start here because I think everyone everywhere is feeling this. He just calls your dirt bike trail frivolous. I don't even know what that word means. It means like... <laughs> this is what your master degree did for you. <laughs> you don't know what frivolous means? No. What it's like unnecessary. That? Or well, like, why don't you say that? Because frivolous, <laughs> so is, a, stupid. Cause frivolous, frivolous. is a better word. It's a good word. Vocab is... <laughs> Whatever. The English language... I Yeah. Anyway, I'm not going to get into it with you. One of the things that I've experienced negatively... And again, starting in a very frivolous place <laughs> with uh, a lot of privilege being spoken here. And I recognize that. <laughs> but just things being closed. Restaurants, bars, shops, like places used to be open. And I used to say, I want to go get a sandwich or I want to go get a beer or a coffee. And I, you could just do that. And now like things have reopened, but it's not the same. The hours are restricted. The labor force is way down. The supply chain is all messed up. Um, uh, there's a lot, uh, there's just a lot of factors, right? And the convenience of life beforehand, I don't think, again, like you said with your track, you didn't know what you had when you had it before you mm -hmm. had to redo it. Like, I feel that way about just life now. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, dirt I, bike is, dirt bikes are life. So <laughs> I agree. Well, I've never ridden a dirt bike. So <laughs> we should fix that. But I, I have eaten many sandwiches. And now, like, I. <laughs> Like the life, oh, I just miss the convenience and the place we had gotten to as a world and just the city of Burlington. There was a lot of cool places to go and do. And those things have just, in an already pretty small town, has become even smaller. And it just hurts my heart to like, it's purely selfish. Yeah. But I miss stuff and I miss convenience and I miss options and I miss, um, like today I was trying to go get lunch. And the place I wanted to get lunch didn't open until 12 o'clock. Like what, what place that serves a lunch hour opens at 12 o'clock prior to COVID? No, it all, you know, yeah. and I just, ah, I just miss that. Yeah. Well, this reminds me because I watched, I love college basketball. I love college basketball. I watched last night. I watched the first, the opening Kentucky Duke game. Duke won. We'll talk about that later, maybe. Um, <laughs> but I just remember the pain of March Madness being canceled in mm. 2020. I mean, it's my favorite few weeks of the year. Better than Christmas is when there's basketball games all the time, and it's just like this excitement. Anybody could win. And all of a sudden, no basketball games. Bye-bye. 
Mm. Yeah. And it's just, you know, I, so on a number of levels, I feel this like a for business owners who this is their livelihood, right? If you owning a small business is not an easy thing and it's no guarantee, especially in the restaurant world. Like I feel bad for those restaurant owners and workers who depend on, on this for their livelihood. And so much of that has been stripped away um, in so many, from so many angles. And so I feel bad for those people. I really do. And I try to support our local businesses as much as I can, as much as my budget allows, um, which is more now because as I mentioned last episode, student loans paid off during COVID. So able yeah. to wonderful, able to put more money into some local places, but really just putting more money into my belly. <laughs> Pizza and yum yums. Wings. Oh, wings. But I, you know, so I, I feel bad for, for the people who depend on, on the, you know, their business thriving because it's, we're in a time where businesses aren't necessarily thriving when previously they may have. And uh, I feel bad for me. I do. And again, total privilege, but I just, man, I just miss, I miss things being open late and open early and convenience and yeah, options. Dude, I went to Texas Roadhouse the other day. That parking lot was empty. Probably half the tables were filled and it was a 45 minute wait. Yeah. It's like, really? Seriously, dude? Yeah, they don't have staff. They, yeah, it's like uh, supply it's chain, like all those things. It's such bummer. a bummer. Such a bummer. So, anyway, that's just the first thing I wanted to kvetch about was um, that. But it is a negative because it reflects like where we are in the world. You know, it's not just yeah. about my personal convenience, but it's about like, is, can local towns thrive the way they used to? The downtown areas, main streets and, you know, in Burlington, we've got Church Street, which is a walking district with restaurants and shops and bars. And is that going to ever be the same? And those people and, and real estate, you know, so it's just a, you know, it's a, it's a selfish thing that I miss, but it's also like a, just a, a sad thing for our world at this current time that I think is a negative that local businesses have suffered as they have. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yep. for sure. And Zach, you work in a nonprofit that is also a local business, you know, that serves catering and food and, mm -hmm. and stuff like have, has your, have well, yeah. you guys felt that? And yeah, I mean, we like? pivoted completely during this season. And I mean, catering completely died. Because there was no, you weren't allowed to gather, so you're not catering for business meetings, offices weren't full, the, you know, there's no parties, there's nothing. So, um, so that we felt hard. Um, and then, I mean, I can remember the early days of, are we going to stay open? Are we going to close? You know, we closed for three months. And then, you know, we, when we opened, we were, we'd like crack the garage door window like enough to like hand food in out um, and figure it out, you know, all that. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's been a, it's a, it's been a rough time for small businesses and um, food industry, but figuring it out, I guess. Right. I mean, hope so. We'll find out. I just want to have a taco at 1130. Right. <laughs> Not wait till noon. Yeah. That's all I want. I know. I walk <laughs> I walk out of my office to like ah! get lunch and you know, half the places aren't even open for lunch anymore downtown. Yeah. So yeah, we're just open four o'clock will be open. Um mm. 
And if I if if I need to make my lunch, like there's already so little joy in my life that <laughs> like making my own lunch and sitting at a desk and like mm, turkey sandwich, like that's there goes joy. <laughs> all gone. Joy's all gone. Dude. Yo, Chipotle is never open anymore. You you show up and they're just closed. Yeah. Which for me is like That's your heart. That's my heart. Right there. It's rough, man. They just, oh, they just been randomly closed. I'm random, just, random. Just because you show staff. up, they're closed. Yeah, yeah. I got There's a tip like for. A, I got. I'll. I'll throw a tip at you after we're finished recording. Oh, okay. Okay. Lovely. All right. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. but on a serious note. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but on a serious note, aside from us not being able to eat as much as we want to, um. So, I encourage anybody who hasn't listened to the last podcast, listen to the last one, because I know for me my actual real negative and as it pertains to ministry is very much related to everything we talked about in the first service, the first service. Yeah, good grief. <laughs> this is how much I've been the at church. The 830 AM church service. Yeah, was, how much uh, I've been at church yeah. recently. Um, but we talked about how every Sunday was so important. We were all so focused on it, working as a team, all this stuff, creating just a ton of content, all that stuff. I think my biggest negative of COVID and we aren't out of COVID yet. We're hopefully coming to the end. Like we're like where we are now in COVID, right? Like every, the restrictions are gone in Vermont for the most part. Some people are doing weird stuff still for no good reason. And then, but like where we're at now and where we've come to, as soon as we were able to open in person again, all this stuff is that went away that drive, that idea of every Sunday is going to be completely different. All the content during the week, the daily devos, the daily content, all that stuff was, was no more. And we went right back to how we did stuff pre COVID. That's the biggest bummer for me that came out of COVID. Yeah. I noticed that too. We were, it was like we were biding our time. And so I have one thought that I'll share. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is some of the things we used to do, we should always do. Yeah. The people of God should always gather together. We are God's people called out of the world, the ecclesia, right? The assembly of God who stands before him. Corporate worship is beautiful and important. Um, there's nothing like sitting across the table from someone and, and doing discipleship in a very personal way. Like those things we have to do. Like we have to. But... Was that too loud? Did I yell? Oh, you're fine. Uh, But at the same time, things have changed. We have tools at our disposal that we've learned to utilize like we didn't before. And to neglect the Great Commission through the use of, you know, the web. And and, uh, again, did people say the web? I don't know. The (laughs) internet and how we can meet together like creating content like we should we should try to keep doing those things because now we've sort of broadcast into a new space people who have never engaged in the traditional space have engaged in this digital space and i mean the ideal i think most of us think of is get them from digital to to physical but is that like that's not automatic and we should still be trying to reach where they're at because just like them there are many many others who may engage in that same way. And what I hear you saying too, correct me if I'm wrong, is 
it's not even as much the what but the how yeah like it's, i was gonna it's say like, it's it's i was gonna clarify it's not like we all of a sudden don't care about sunday mornings no or no. what we do or like whatever but i what i miss is like kind of the emphasis and importance that we had on trying new things doing no things yeah new things camaraderie like working we we and and again like a lot of that is due to everyone's lives started to go busy again like back in like when covid started all anybody had to do was that there were no no other jobs no other responsibilities i know for myself it starts with me i have i do a lot of stuff that is not ministry work wise Mm -hmm. i make tons of videos i own a business all this stuff during covid i was only doing church stuff right so starting with me that's just how it is you know what i mean but at the same time i miss like what i just i just can't help but think like what if we took the approach of like like once twice three times a week we're gonna meet and figure out how we can do something different see how we can do something better every single sunday needs to be better than the last like that like i think just covid we had an unbelievable that was the highest priority mm-hmm. right and now it's like as covid's coming to an end like we're getting bogged down by the technical crap that doesn't matter you know what I mean? We're not meeting as a team anymore. We're not trying to think creatively like that. I think that's a bummer because it's something we've talked about forever. Like what if the church was like, like just what I can't help but think what if the church was always functioning like that? And I'm sure some churches would say like they are doing that or whatever. But I know for me in my small sphere, it's like, man, what a, what a bummer. I wish we had that same mindset. I am uh, I'm an, of same mind with you in that. Like we met yesterday, a group of us, to start planning our Christmas services. Mm. And it was kind of the same team that was meeting before. Yeah. We've had some personnel changes. And those are, I think, I think those things will help propel us back to a place that, you, that you're talking about. Yeah. Um, but it also felt good to just say like, what are we doing? Why? And what can we do again? Yeah. It had been a while since we thought about that. Yeah. Now we didn't like rewrite the script. No. Because it's a Christmas Eve service. Like, yeah, yeah you light the candles, sing silent night and do this and have a little message. But, but we did a little, we did. And we got to look at the other elements of the service and say, is this necessary? Do we like this? And that's, that's always fun. I think to think critically and creatively about. Yeah. Yeah, we were just functioning so well as a team. And then I think each individual person, including myself, I'm, I want to be very clear that it starts with me. Like, we all got bogged down by the stuff again once the stuff came back. Mm-hmm. And that's just kind of a bummer. That's all. It's just a bummer. Yeah. yeah. I, we have made positive steps forward if in the grand scheme of things. I oh, think. of course. No, it, but, again. Like, but it is, it's more of the... Hey, this is the negatives podcast. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but what I'm saying no is positive, man. But what I'm saying, and I, I agree with you, is the the collaborative, creative, critical 
team thinking environment. Yeah. It was just something special. I love that. And I, I miss that too. Yeah. And the fact that we, we all backburnered it. If even backburners the right, like kicked it out the back door. Yeah, no, we car, all like, did. Yeah. We all did. And, I know. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I remember, I actually remember the turning point. I went and did four or five music videos in Nashville a year into COVID, which would have been a year ago. And I was, that's when I started to get busy again. You know what I mean? And that's when it was, I have two jobs again instead of one and all that stuff. And I, and like, I'm sure I could do a better job of balancing that. Something I've been thinking about a lot is, am I ready to hire somebody to be a full-time editor, which would free up my time a lot to do things like that. But I, it's one of those things where I, we probably all, as a team need to maybe sacrifice a couple things to get that back. Maybe, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking out loud right now, but I, I do just miss that. I, I think we were doing some really cool stuff, creating really good content. That was really important. And like, you know, in the last podcast, we talked like about quality, like, yeah, like the daily devos were shot on a phone, all that stuff. But now it's like, we're in a different time, sort of. Where it's like, what's the best quality to tell the best story right now? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah. And I don't know that answer, but I'd love to sit at a table with five people and talk about it. You know? Yeah. I think too, and I'll talk about this in a minute more, but just this year has been so exhausting. And beyond work and ministry, it's life and just having to navigate so many dynamics, it's tiring. And then when you think like, oh, I need to get together and we got to think about this and it's just, I don't have any brain space and my, you know, so I think, I think that's part of it too. Yeah. The negative effect in that way. Well, how did you get to that point? Good question. Let me tell you about You're that. You're welcome. Um, and sorry, Zach, we're like kind of no, good. ignoring <laughs> you, but I feel like you're going to drop the biggest bomb in a few minutes. I just no. have this feeling about you. <laughs> no, there's no bombs. Um, <laughs> no, you're a bomb dropper and I'm ready. I'm ready to catch it. And uh, did you ever see the Fast and Furious movie <laughs> where the rock literally they're on ice and he like changes the direction of a torpedo? It's in one of the movies. There's like a torpedo speeding on the ice and they're like driving next to it. And he like, and saves the day by. <laughs> I love. Anyway, I just thought rock. of that. <laughs> Everything about him. Yeah. He was my favorite wrestler when him and Stone Cold were in their heyday. Okay, let me um let me answer Cam's question, which was how did I get to this point of tired? So my my big negative that uh, I wanted to talk about with COVID is I early on again we talked about this last episode COVID positives was energized opportunity let's go let's do let's create let's, you know we have a new we're not doing things traditionally let's think untraditionally and do things differently. And I was writing Bible studies and content and meeting with leaders online and like all this stuff. And so it was very exciting for a while, but over the last months, maybe even year, which is a long time. I, I have felt so tired and apathetic and like listless. Like I went through a long stretch and I'm still kind of dealing with it where, um, I, I'd like, so many hours of daydreaming about doing anything else other than ministry. Like I'll go work at a brewery and just hand people beers like that. That's like my dream, or at least it was for a long period of time. Cause I just like between being a pastor in the season has been really weird. 
Because, again, you've moved from the traditional in-person thing to non-traditional, which there's a lot of good with that, but also like, ah, I want to do it this way because that's like the better way. But then you get into conference. I've had so many conversations about COVID restrictions and and masks and vaccines and we should do this. Everyone should wear a mask to no one should wear a mask. Cause blah, you know, and so you've get, you're dealing with people on each side of the spectrum who are always mad at you. And then on top of that, there's been like the, all the racial stuff from the last year, you know, with, with um, uh, George Floyd's death and the fallout from that and the riots and, and anytime you show empathy, like a certain set of people gets mad at you. And then if you don't show enough empathy, this other set gets mad at you. Um, election year and all the crap that comes with that. So it's just been like pile and pile and piling of really frustrating, really hard conversations with people who, from my perspective, don't get it on any, you know, on both sides of things. I'll just try to be balanced in that. Maybe I don't get it. And that's, if I don't, I hope I can admit that, but, but just a lot of, a lot of hard stuff. And I, I got to this point where I just like, I'm done arguing. I'm done fighting. I'm just, I just don't care anymore. Like leave me alone, <laughs> you know? And for a long time this last year, I've sort of, I've really felt that heavily where my phone will ring in my office and I'll look at it and be like, I'm not answering that. Or, um, you know, just, just moments like that where I'm like, I'm so tired and so uh, done caring about all these things. Everyone's telling me I should care about the way they care about it. And honestly, too, just my own frustration with a uh, with American evangelicalism. You know, I I am I feel frustrations myself with a lot of the the sort of ethos of of the time we're in, and um, it's hard to to look across a room at people who I don't agree on this, and I don't agree with these people on this, and yet I'm trying to pastor them and love them, and that's been really hard. So. I felt like this for a long time in this, this very listless, unenergized, tired, frustrated to the point of where I was like, Oh, Taylor, go back to work full time. And I'll, I'll work at a coffee shop. Like, I don't even care. There's been days where I've been like trolling LinkedIn for job postings and, you know, and uh, that sucks. And I think I'm out of that at least mostly now, but it's been uh, like a lot of the last year has been, feeling that way. And I've tried to like soldier on and try to keep a perspective and, and remind myself like, no, God's called me. And I believe that. And, um, I should be praying more. And my wife's like, man, you pray about this. I'm like, no, I didn't pray about it. Well, you should pray about it. Oh, okay. And then I don't, and then the next day I do. And then the next day I don't. So it's just, uh, yeah, I felt that very heavily. Yeah. And that's, that's been a big negative cause it's, it's hard to, it's hard to be a good pastor when you hate everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's hard to be a good person when you hate everybody. Yeah. 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 And similarly, I very early on in COVID, like that spring at home, wife and kids all day, every day, I was just finding myself like angry. I would, I would just like blow up often. Um, and I couldn't, I was like, this is so weird. What is going on? Like, why, why am I like overflowing with just like mad? Um, and it was, it was a lot of 
similar feelings that you're talking about only it was i was just like carrying this weight of of the unknown of like not knowing what's coming and the anxiety of that and it was coming out of me in this like with anger and i was blown up in my family a lot and um and from there that's it was like and then then I like I called it what it, I thought I called it what it was. I was like, all right, I'm just just angry. I thought I dealt with anger issues a decade ago, but apparently there's more there. And so I like called it. All right, I'd ang- I've anger issues. I'm I recognize it first step to like being better, you know. Um, and and I was like, all right, so that's good. So I, I got a little bit better at not blowing up in my family after a few weeks, four or five weeks early on there, where like I was just like uncontrollably bubbling over. And I thought, all right, cool. I that's awesome. I got got that out of my system, and then about a year in, so just this spring. I I got hit with just this like crippling anxiety um that was no longer manifesting mostly in like anger outbursts but like physical chest pains and just the inability to think straight or want to do anything and um I mean it doesn't help that you know 2 weeks to slow the curve turned into a year and then we bought a house and had a baby and all the half the family had COVID and you know, all that. Um, but so this is this like breaking moment in the spring of this year where I, it, as soon as then I, I kind of recognized what was really going on, that there was this like lifetime of anxiety that kind of just come to a head um, I lost all ability to to manage it. I mean, it was just totally over overcome with these like ang- anxious thoughts and feelings. Um, for a few months before I was able to reach out for help. Um, and so that that was a. Early 2021 was like a, a really hard time where everything kind of just crashed in. And let me ask you, because oh, I want to dig into what you're yeah. saying, because I've I've done I you know just shared what I went through, and I, I think anxiety has been a big part of that. And I, you and I have had conversations about this. Yeah. What was the moment where you realized, like, oh, I I need I need help with this? What did that look like? Um, I I know exactly. Well, when I knew I needed help, or I, I'm not exactly sure when I when I when I'm, you said like I'm going to get help. Yeah, when I'm going to get help. When yeah. I finally decided I'm going to get help, I think I knew that I needed help, but I wasn't didn't have the capacity to get it for a while, um, or take the step towards it. Um, but I was. I mean, actually, I was talking to your wife. That's that was the moment. She is um, wise. Yeah, I was. I was 
picking up something from your house and uh she like in passing mentioned some article she had read years ago and how it connected anger and anxiety and and how like really mo- uh, for some people like those outbursts of anger are were rooted in in the ang- anxiety problem and it all just like clicked i hadn't connected the two before that point and i was like oh well if that's true like i thought for some reason i had something in my mind that i was like eventually i'll be able to like wrangle and harness this anxious energy again like i did when i was younger but but the anger issue, I was like, well, I, I, I really didn't like that. I didn't want, I didn't want to do it. And so when they connected, I was like, oh, well, well, I can, well, then I need to go get help. <laughs> and that was the moment. Like I made an appointment that next day. Yeah. I know for myself, um, not coming to the moment where I need help, but just putting a finger on it. Cause I, when I was young and even in my young years of being a dad, uh, yeah, I had outbursts and anger issues and I, I think it was after Taylor told me about your conversation and that we had a conversation probably where I was like, Oh, this is sounds a lot like my experience where it's not anger. It is anxiety, mm-hmm. you know, like putting a finger on that is not easy. Yeah. You know? And did you feel as you were walking through that, like, guilt or shame or fear like I'm going to be exposed and people are going to see me a certain way or was it at that moment where you like that stuff doesn't even matter because I I just need to be better like I need to get better yeah I think I think by that point by that moment it had kind of culminated in like none of none of that matters anymore I mean that's kind of how I'd probably gotten to (laughs) but I would sit on my couch with chest pains contemplate whether I needed to call nine one one because I didn't know if I was like, I had the idea that it was just like anxiety, but I also was like, well, what if I'm having a heart attack right now? Um, for months. And there's, those were the months where I didn't say anything to anybody. Cause I was, I didn't know how to say it and I didn't want to look like whatever, you know? Um, and so, by that moment it there was something in that moment where it all just i just went okay none of none of this other stuff matters if there's if there's a way for me to be better that's what i'm going to do yeah how are you feeling now yeah it's much better it's a process i think it took me months to get my head above water it was it was interesting, like the immediate like as soon as I took the steps towards getting help, the overwhelming like physical manifestations of like chest pains and things like dissipated almost completely. So so just the the mental like I'm gonna do something about this helped a lot. Um and then and then it took some time to get to the point where I could just think straight and not feel like I was drowning all the time. Mm -hmm. So I feel a lot better. I'm, I'm, 
I'm reluctant. I've said this to a couple people. I'm reluctant to declare definitively that I'm all the way better because I don't because because I'm committed to getting like I don't want to say I'm there if I've if there's more to do. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. Uh, not that it's all I it's all in my control to do, but I want to I want to pursue being as better as possible and not just okay with well I'm better than I was. Yeah. Um and live with this, you know, and just have it be a cycle that happens every five years or whatever. One thing um that I've thought about this COVID year as is a like an oil drill. So stuff is below the surface and it's not going to come out unless we force the issue. Right. So COVID I think has done that. I had a friend call it a magnifying glass, which Mm -hmm. I think is a, we can use those metaphors here that all of our fears, anxieties because of the, everyone's home with nothing to do. Watch the news cycle incessantly, scroll Twitter, uh, post on Facebook um and everything else uh not working like you were uh, for many that the issues that are under the surface are now more prominent and maybe now above the surface because of the anxiety of the time but of the the amount of time we have to mm-hmm. think and look and and dissect things so just listening to your story I think you're, you experienced that like COVID dug into something that was in you that you may not have dealt with in this way unless it was forced. Right. I mean, that's actually the beauty of the whole thing Yeah, is that it, it kind of took away all the things that were propping it all up and let it fall. Yeah. And yeah, who knows when or how that could have happened. Um, yeah. In later, but I'm I'm super th- I'm actually super thankful for it that there's that happened and you could deal with it as painful as I'm sure those moments were of like physical pain, mm-hmm. but emotional pain and just like knowing you know that you're not feeling well and then how that affects your kids and your wife and your your ministry and everything it everything ripples out and I know I felt that in my life too over the last year yeah and how that's how that's manifested. Um, and just, uh, I, you know, again, the, the oil drill, magnifying glass nature of COVID, it's done that for a lot of people, I think. Some of us have dealt with it or are trying to, and some haven't. But with our culture, you know, obviously we've seen big cultural movements happen this last year. Uh, and those things may have stayed, like, under the surface or just, like, poked their head up every now and then, but... Because of COVID world, the issue is forced. Yep. And there's a lot of negative that's come with that, like we were talking about. Conversations and people that um, you disagree with that now, like, how do you talk to them and, <laughs> you know, have a have a conversation when you're not just, like, arguing with each other about stuff. Um, but I think, I think and I hope ultimately those things become good because, okay, now we know and we can, right. we can deal with it. For yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I'm glad you're getting better. Me too. Yeah. 
And Cam, I'm glad your dirt bike track is something. It is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. It's motivated me to move. <laughs> yeah. But COVID, I mean, COVID's had a lot of negative effect. Like, I had COVID. That's a negative effect of COVID. I was going to say, you're the only COVID negative person here. Yeah. Like, in, in reality. Yeah. You and I both had it. Yeah, like, I had COVID December of last year. I started feeling sick Christmas Eve of 2020. My kids had tested positive. My wife had tested positive, And then I tested positive. I was the last one. And when our kids tested positive, we're like, okay, shut down. We're in quarantine. Thankfully, they only had like 24 hours where they felt mildly sick. But because they were positive, we were like, wait. I was in quarantine for literally four weeks because I was the last to test positive. You know, so I had all that front end time. And then, and, uh, as much as I talked last week about the positives of staying home during COVID <laughs> for our family, that period of just like COVID quarant, like actually my kids had, we all had COVID was horrible. Like, cause they got sick and felt better within 24 hours and they're boys. And we're, it's December in Vermont. It's not like we're playing outside. And they're in the house and they're just wrestling and my wife's sick. And then I'm the only one who can, and now I'm sick and she's sick. And these kids are just like going crazy, you know? <laughs> so that was, I went to get tested after having felt symptoms for a few days. And I had been, like I said, in quarantine for like two and a half weeks at that point. And it was a drive through test. And the woman, she's like in, like a hazmat suit, <laughs> you know, with like four pairs of gloves on and seven masks and she's doing the test. And I just, I couldn't stop talking to her. <laughs> like, right, I was like, tell me about your day. <laughs> she's like, I got other people. I was like, no, I need to talk to someone other than my family. Uh, I was at your house with your kids the day before they got sick. I was like, it was two days on. before. It was two days before. I'm pretty sure it was the day before. No, because you were, we were over on a, the intro you were on a Tuesday the and they video. felt they stayed home on a Thursday. I remember that vividly. It was two days before. <laughs> and uh, thankfully you didn't get sick at you that did. time. It was so funny. You were, I just like got the email that went out to all the staff that you guys had it. And I was like, you didn't tell me, dude. Well, I didn't know. And then I didn't know what to do. And like, it was just a weird time. Yeah, so I didn't, I didn't know what to do. And, you know, the contact tracing and all that. But, yeah. Having, times. You had COVID. I had COVID. How was that for you? For me, it was like having the flu. Yeah, I mean, it, I've never... It was terrible, but it was I had the flu for the first time ever at the beginning of 2020, and I think I got it from you. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. Remember when you had that? Yeah, beginning remember, of, I, like, tried to push through rehearsal. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I got it yeah. there, because I got sick the next week. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... And that flu was way worse than my COVID experience. I, I got COVID in Atlanta. I traveled the whole country for five months and was fine. And then my brother gave it to me in Atlanta, which was awesome. Um, but it was, the actual illness was nothing. But I, my taste and smell are still messed up and it's been seven months. So that's a bit of a bummer, but I try not to so what, pay attention to what it. What is messed up? Can Do you like have a pinpoint? like? So my taste came back after a month and a half. My smell started to come back a month ago after six months. And that totally screwed up my taste when my smell came back. So now everything's just sucky. So it's like I can smell things, but they smell horrible. I can taste things, but they taste terrible. What's something that you usually really love to eat, but you can't really eat right now because the taste has changed? Mm. Oh, pumpkin spice. 
I love pumpkin spice lattes and they taste so so bad. So basic. So <laughs> bad. Toothpaste, terrible. Have to do that twice a day. Some things are fine. Some things taste completely You can fine. get like little children toothpaste and use that. Yeah, and the most recent within the last like week or two is um, grease tends to taste really bad. Like I went to Al's and fr- the fries and the smell were just like so bad. Do you just ask them to take a spoon in their grease trap and <laughs> no, dude, it's grease? Just like, it's just like oil and grease. Just like, like I had dinner yesterday that was kind of oily and it just tasted and smelled so bad. It's like, I don't know, maybe it's making me healthier. <laughs> But some things are fine, so it's kind of like tricky. Yeah. I didn't think I'd ever smell again, though. So I guess there's some benefit. But I hope it just like, I'm hoping that this is just like my taste and smell are trying to figure out how to work together again. Mm-hmm. And then they'll, it'll resolve itself and then I'll be good. So we'll see. But my taste has never been the same. Crazy. Yeah. It was ever That's si- the only stupid part of it. Ever since our kids had um, COVID, one of them has totally turned off to peanut butter. Yeah, peanut butter sucks. Like, too. he won't eat peanut butter anymore. He used to eat a peanut butter and jelly almost every day for lunch, and now he won't eat peanut butter. Peanut butter ice cream? He gave fine. away all his Reese's to his little brother wow. at Halloween. Wow. Like, all he had like 40 Reese's cups, and he's like, Here, Levi, take all my Reese's. Even if I didn't like didn't Reese's, ask for, I would probably keep them. <laughs> didn't ask for anything in return. That's how much that kid hates peanut butter. Right? Wow, that's crazy. It's wild. That's crazy. Yeah. I have found recently, though, that. Things with a lot of salt taste great. Well, I like need extra true. salt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you don't need COVID <laughs> to know that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, other than that, it's fine, which is good. I'm glad I didn't get sick. I got a bunch of chest issues that I didn't have to worry about, which was nice. Yeah. It didn't hit my lungs at all, which is cool. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're, we're almost out of time. And, you know, we've been talking about COVID negatives and just our experience of wow, the negative impacts of COVID. I should say, like, this whole experience has been very negative for everybody. And all of you listening who have been through things way worse, and we only touched on a few things. Yeah, um, we have great empathy and sympathy for you. And and um, uh, please again, feel free to share your stories and and with us at Learn to Talk Podcast on Instagram. Send us a message; we'd love to hear from you. And and um, just let you know we're praying for you and we're with you. Um, yeah, and like I know people have passed away because of COVID, and someone I know passed away this last week from where I used to live, and and. Like we might be going to the funeral in next week. And um, we know many of you have uh, people you know and love who have died, been severely sick, and uh, so much more. So, uh, you know, we are, we all experience very negative things. We all experience very different things in the context of that negativity. And, um, you know, as we've just sort of shared and processed some of our things, we hope that that brings you some, uh, just a feeling of, yeah, you know, this, as hard as this is, you're not in it alone and we're in it together. So uh, as this pandemic hopefully starts to come to an end, better stories will come and uh, we're praying for you. So Zach and Cam, thanks for, thanks for sitting down today. Thanks for sharing and uh, peace out. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in to the learn, learning to talk podcast, follow us on Instagram and uh, we will talk to you. We will learn to talk to you. <laughs> Again, very soon. Bye-bye. Learning to Talk podcast was produced by 6-5 Films in Burlington, Vermont. If you enjoyed our conversation, make sure you find us on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. And like, comment, subscribe. You can also follow us on Instagram at Learn to Talk Podcast. Thanks for listening. See you again soon.